There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. Uh, and uh, I just got back from a little vacation. Oh, and on, was nice. it was very nice. Thank you. Um, and on the airplane, I almost said on the car ride, but we did not on take a car. On the car ride that to another country. What? Time. No, on the plane ride home from Cancun, um, <laughs> I watched uh, two movies. It was like a two movie flight, which was kind of nice. And um, I actually planned ahead to watch these specific two movies. Oh, okay. That because for actually, a, because they both represented an interesting time. So I watched... And I'll tell you kind of more about each movie. So if you're like, I don't know that title, yeah, it'll make sense in a second. All right. I watched the uh, the movie Alone Together, and I watched the movie Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Oh yeah, I forgot that was a movie. Right. And the reason I chose both of those is that they were really pandemic projects yeah. come to life, and I thought, well, this will be interesting. I think it'd be an interesting study to watch two movies that were sort of influenced not directly necessarily by the pandemic, but were influenced by what we were going through and experiencing together during the pandemic. Sure. Um, Now, Alone Together is the movie that it was Katie Holmes project. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yep. So she um, directed it. And actually, you know what? I have to look really quickly because what I don't know is if she wrote it. I thought that she did. Um, Anywho, uh, Katie Holmes, yeah, she wrote it, directed it, and starred in it. Um, and you know what? It was a romantic experience. Uh, the for whom? For the characters in oh, the movie. Okay. So the the movie was about two people who had been in relationships as this pandemic started, and then accidentally booked the same Airbnb. Uh, you would have questions about how that happened. It gets explained a little bit in the movie. Um, but anyway, they end up because, as you remember, in the early days of the pandemic, the uncertainty of it all and things closing down so quickly. And they were from New York. They they couldn't literally couldn't get back into the city um, because transportation had shut down and their offices had shut down and all of these things were happening yeah. and there was a lot of questions about it and they found themselves together in this Airbnb, um, two strangers and they fall in love obviously oh, as they're quarantining together, yeah. right? And it's there's the thing about it is it's like very predictable but also. 
It is a weird artifact of a memory of that specific snapshot of time. Because even though we're still, the pandemic is still alive and kicking, those early days encapsulated were a very unique experience in terms of the uncertainty, what we thought we knew, what we didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know anything. How things were being managed at the time. Um, the little, like, when, like, masks started popping up. Yeah. Like, how that kind of engaged people. Um, when you started to realize how, how what dire straits the city of New York was in. Oh, for sure. Um, the, the experience of, like, seeing a family member and not being able to hug them. The experience of having a family member die and not being able to do a proper proper burial. All of those things are encapsulated in this story. What was so what was that like? Um it, it was it was strange and kind of clunky and but also like familiar. I, it's hard to explain. It doesn't sound like it sold you. It didn't like the story itself was interesting enough, but it wasn't well acted by her. Oh. I said it. Oh. It wasn't particularly well written. Okay. Oh, poor Katie. And I can say this because we're filmmakers. Yeah, technically. Uh huh. Um, there were good performances <laughs> in it. Like there was one amazing performance in it, and it was the smallest performance. And it was by I'm going to need help with her name. She was on the show Girls. Her name is is it Zo- Zosia Mamet? Mamet. Zosia, Ma- Zosia Mamet. That's her name. Uh, so anyway, she was great, but she played the friend and she was only on the phone, but she was amazing. <laughs> um, but the rest of the performances were like, so nah. it was meh. I, I, well, I will say subject matter wise, like the thought of the movie, as you described it, I don't want to watch because I'm not in that headspace. I do not want to go back to that mm-hmm. time. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, not right now anyway. Um, and it doesn't sound like the, the film itself was worth, you know, going back there for it really isn't. But I do think there, I think there's something about, again, that snapshot of that time in such proximity to it, like without the varnish of time, right? Like, so somebody's going to make a movie 10 years from now looking back on that specific time. Yeah. And it won't be as close to it as it, as this movie was. Sure. So there's something about like how it was like trapped in amber. Yeah. It's it, so it kind of held its space. It's fine. Marcel the Shell with shoes on. So this is based on a, a viral like video thing that Jenny Slate, uh, the co- the comic actress, did, um, and it literally is like a little short of a tiny little shell. Yeah, with it's shoes adorable. On. I remember when it went viral like so hundred years ago from YouTube, right? Yeah. Well, what I think my understanding of it is that this was like a creative outlet for her in the pandemic was to like spin Marcel the shell with shoes on out into a feature length film. And the 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 story of this, I am like, I get a little choked up. I like cried oh, on the airplane watching this because the way she injected this like beautiful humanity into the silly little shell. There's a relationship with the shell's grandmother that oh. is like very real. Um, there's 
the the theme of community woven through it and how necessary community is. So it sounds and like this film was far more successful in catching your attention. Absolutely. But see, it was a little bit slower. And that was the hard part for me. It's like I knew it was going to be a sweet, touching story, but it's a slow story. And it it plays out like a documentary. Leslie Stahl is in it. Oh, interesting. Um, which is super fun. I'm Leslie Stahl. Yeah. 60 minutes. Yes, what? because the shell... Okay, so the really quick kind of thumbnail sketch of it is the Marcel the Shell used to be part of a larger community of shells with shoes on um, because of a series of unfortunate events that all unravel in this documentary. The, some of the shells got separated and the two remained were Marcel the Shell and Nana Connie, which Aww. is her grandmother or his grandmother. Those two shells remained and they were looking for the rest of their shells. But one of the things that the shells did as part of their community is that they would all watch 60 minutes together and they called it the show. And so they loved Leslie Stahl and Leslie Stahl got word about Marcel, the shell with shoes on because Marcel, the shell with shoes on became an internet sensation when it went viral and the Marcel leveraged his fame. Well, or Leslie Stahl invited Marcel, the shell. And then there's like a whole storyline with that. It's a complex, sweet story that brings you back around to like, the importance of community. Yeah. And well, that I one was sounds like, like it did a far better job of, of entertaining than the first one. And here's why it wasn't so pound you over the head with the experience. Yeah. It was like a reflection of how we were feeling and have felt in the past three years mm-hmm. in, in a That's way that deep for a play ride home from Cancun. I know, but it was, it was, it's a sweet, you watch them on the, it uh, was like on the Delta yeah. in flight thingamabob. I'm I'm just going to say this. This is a review from my daughter. She was like, did you see the movie lists? They got good stuff. Oh, yeah. They always have so good movies. They've got good stuff yeah. on Delta. And not FYI. just movies, TV shows, podcasts. Well, on the way there, I watched live TV until we crossed over. And then it was just like was gone. Yeah. I was like, oh, Bye. we don't we have none of Satellite that has any longer. Ended. And we cannot well, watch good, thanks. I think you've given people some things to watch and maybe something to not watch. Yeah. So there you go. Sorry, Do Katie. you know, proceed at, uh, with caution. If you liked Katie Holmes in... Go buy her Naomi wine. Well, no, what I was going to say is if you liked her in uh, Dawson's Creek, she really has not grown as an actress since. Uh, uh, And so... Things have been happening in her life. That's true, to be fair. And I think if I'm not wrong, that her daughter sings the opening credits. So Suri Cruz is the one singing the opening credits of that, which... It, it, the future for her. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, um, I did miss some drama around James Corden. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need you guys to fill in the blanks because I know that the story did not end with the uh, alleged apology and the uh, welcoming arms of uh, the chef to James Corden back into Balthazar. I know something happened since, and mm-hmm. I would like to talk about that. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Okay, so I would like to revisit, mostly because when I left, I thought we were done with the story of <laughs> James Corden and uh, the uh, owner of Balthazar, uh, Keith McNally. But it turns out it was only halfway through the story because the story went on uh, midway through last week and continued through the week, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't remember where you left off, so you have to catch us up with where you were. uh... So here's where I was. When I left, 
the the owner of Balthazar was like, yeah, it's fine, guys. So what had happened was he had tweeted or Instagrammed the manager's reports of the two awful times that James Corden came in and mistreated his employees. And then uh, the ne- very next day, he came out and was like, oh, yeah, you know what? Never mind. I'm not 86ing James Corden from the restaurant after all, because he called me and he was effusively apologetic and we've squashed it and all is well. Everything's fine. Fine. And I was like, okay, fine. That was like really quick. That was a quick turnaround. Um, It must have been really important for James Corden to clear his name for his reputation's sake. Yeah. And then I left Mm -hmm. and I kept on getting headlines on my Apple watch that was like James Corden this and James Corden Balthazar that and uh, the other thing. So what happened? So he did give that apology, apparently, personally to Mr. McNally and then gave uh, everyone a big middle finger in the New York Times because the New York Times caught up with him. He had had this interview already planned um, prior. And so, of course, they're going to ask him about the you know, the headlines that have been generated over the week and about his behavior as a D-bag in uh, one particular restaurant. And he he was very patronizing and condescending to the reporter about, um, and really the New York Times, and really anybody who is interested in the story, and also by, you know, uh, via a roundabout way just to debag to everybody at the restaurant so what happened was he goes to the interview and they're like what happened and he's like really this is just i'm in a zen place i didn't do anything wrong I this will, is can i give some quotes yeah for sure happens every day it's happening in fifty-five thousand restaurants as we speak it's always about eggs can you imagine now if we just blasted her on twitter would that be fair this is my point it's that- insane that was in response to a woman who was returning her eggs at the restaurant that he was at when they were doing the New York Times interview. He's like, see that woman over there? She's bitching about eggs. This happens all the time. Oh, my and gosh. he basically goes on to say, like, I didn't do anything wrong. And everybody was like, uh, did he just take back his apology in the New York Times? Oh, here's here's the, the quote, Bradley and Colleen, about this. I haven't done anything wrong on any level, so why would I ever cancel this? I was there. I get it. I feel so zen about the whole thing because I think it's so silly. I just think it's beneath all of us. It's beneath you. It's beneath it's your publication. Certainly beneath your publication. Yeah. So he basically had the opportunity. We just talked about how this was an unforced error. Like you apologize. And he he didn't do a public apology, which I think is the problem. And he says, like, maybe I'll talk about it on my show. Put a pin in that because tonight is the first time he's going to be on the air. Okay. so we we should look to see what kind of apology there will be. So then Mr. McNally shows up and is like, actually, I will let James Corden eat at my restaurant for free for the next 10 years if he apologizes to the staff. So uh, Keith McNally, he kind of was like he obviously knows a good opportunity when he sees one because he showed up twice after um, after James Corden, you know, sort of like weirdly took back his apology. And we just talked about how stupid it was that you're served up this opportunity, no pun intended, as James Corden was to apologize. Mm hmm. For the behavior, even if you think it's false, yes, or that the that the the telling of the story has been exaggerated, mm-hmm. even if you disagreed with Keith McNally, you apologize, you show up publicly because people are alleging that you're a d bag, right? 
And whether that's right or wrong, it seems like the right thing to do as a public figure like mm-hmm. yourself is to just own the behavior. Maybe if you have to explain it, fine. Right. Like, But at least apologize for the behavior in mm-hmm. public. And his first mouth, uh, his first mouth, the first words out of his mouth. first mouth out of his first face. Yeah. <laughs> the first words out of his mouth when he gets in front of a reporter is to be like, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, and everybody's like, ugh. wait a minute. You really are a D-bag. Yeah. Because we can smell what you're putting out. We're not dumb. Yeah. It's clear that you are so full of yourself because any like celebrity worth their um, ego would know, ah, right now, I think the opportunity is to show some humility. Yeah. And um, apologize. I wonder, I mean, you're right. He is showing himself to be the D-bag that he is. Uh and I wonder what his personal like reps, like his team, his PR team was thinking in that moment. Oh, right. Like, I'm oh sure my they gosh, were calling him disaster and, and saying, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. Because which, which tells you either he has bad management or bad representation or bad publicity or he just doesn't listen to them. Yeah. Because nobody in their right mind. I mean, it's not like we're highly qualified uh you know, celebrity spinners, but man, I could spin you a far better way out of this mess yeah. than he's been offering. Also, like, I mean, it's gross on a thousand levels because he's not right, first of all. Like, the majority, you don't even have to be a celebrity to recognize when your behavior has been bad. To to be given that opportunity and like, you know, to, to kind of like... Clean it up? Yeah, like, that is, take that opportunity... Yeah. He couldn't even as do that. As a human being. No. Right. He couldn't even do that. So he's just gross regardless. But, but here's... he's also like, he's also a comedian and, right. you know, or not a comedian per se, but a comic actor. Yeah. And like, he could have used humor nope. to deflate the that situation. He could have done a, you know, coordinated musical dance number at an intersection in La Jolla. Yeah. You that know? didn't happen. Nope. With Harry Styles. Here's the thing. And this is, I, this is where I get a little delight. I don't know why this is, says something about me, maybe. Is that we've been reading blind items about James Corden being a jerk for years. Yes. And there's something about when you find out that the blind items were right. And actually, to that end. Oh, I see what you did here. Tomorrow on the Colleen and Bradley show, we're going to do a whole show of blind items because you earned it uh, by being such great fundraisers during Project Down and Dirty Film Fest. And I. I'm going to pull together some of those uh, old blind items. Holly's already done uh, the heavy lifting on that. I'm going to grab some more because this is something NT Lawyer has been telling us for a long time. And now we're actually seeing it in action and uh, it doesn't look good. But we'll talk about that more tomorrow when we come back, though. We've got dumb people doing dumb things. Dumb people doing dumb things. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. And uh, we have a name for them. We call them crazy stupid. <laughs> Said D-bags. Idiots! They kind of, kind of the same. Thing. Well then, I guess yeah. one could say yeah, that's a crazy stupid idiot. Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy stupid idiots. It sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy stupid idiots. Dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again, oftentimes in the state of Florida. Where? You know, it's funny because I just thought as I said all of those things, people showing up for the segment for the first time are probably like, what did they just say? What? Because it's such a dance we do. 
introducing crazy, mm. stupid idiots. But we are going today, our first story, to a state called Florida. Florida! Yeah! Riviera Beach, in fact. And I want to tell you about... How a credit card that must have fallen out of her bag turned a woman into a victim of crime. Mm. Yes, could happen to any of us. It could, should you find yourself dropping a credit card. This card was dropped uh, somewhere on a sidewalk, and somebody picked it up and used it at a food and liquor store on President Barack Obama Highway in Riviera Beach. Okay. I didn't know there was a President Neither Barack did Obama I. Highway, but apparently there is. And that is where uh, we find ourselves on Saturday, September 24th. Uh, I will say, I'm just going to cut to the chase and let you know that the rest report mentioned um, that the card was used for two transactions at an auto parts store for Mm $48.14, $49.71, a liquor store for $128.39. I could go on because there's quite so a lot of Somebody's going to get real drunk and replace some car parts. Yeah, and they went to a gas station uh, lending service. I don't know what that is. Uh, is that a bank? A lending service? I think that might be one of those places that gives you an advance on, you know. Well, they paid, or no, you're right. They got $433 somehow. Uh, then six transactions at another gas station. Oh, well, the thief was not done, but wait, there's Mm-mm. more. They went to uh, some other places. And got some food, some more auto parts, some gases, some second gases, lots of gas station visits. But that's not why we're here, because that's pretty garden variety for somebody to use a stolen credit card. Right. right? And then just trot around buying things. Well, they caught up with Corey Pate or Corey Pate. I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Uh, But Corey was arrested and charged with 13 counts of fraudulent use of a credit card under 100 bucks and one count of fraudulent use over 100 bucks. That lending thing. Mm-hmm. He was booked. But none of that is crazy, stupid, idiot worthy. So why are we here? Yeah, why are we here? Well, it's because of why he did these things. Why oh. he was a crazy, stupid okay. idiot. Why he used that card mm-hmm. many, many, many times. Why? Why? Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell me why? Mm-hmm. So like the... The cops were like, sir, why did you you do do it? it? And he was, and his answer obviously was because I am broke. No, that dumb. No, he's pretty, pretty dumb for an answer though. You're not far away because was a word. Uh huh. I am. Because I am a liar. A crook. Thief. Thief. Because I am am a a thief. thief. Yeah, so he kind of wow. just was like, why'd you do it? Because I'm a thief. Get into that. I mean, you know, at least he said he was sorry. Okay. And I don't, uh, I don't believe him. Uh, well, he said, I'm sorry, but I am a thief. And that's what I know about that. So he was then charged, booked, and released in lieu of $3,000 bond. I love that. That's some honesty I right mean, there. I mean, truly, compared to like, I was just holding it right. for a friend. Right. Were yeah. You? You know, that I I want to give kudos to what was his name again? Pate. Corey Pate. Corey Pate. His he, that's some he has some really good parents who at some point taught him it's better to just tell the truth. If you do something wrong, just tell the truth. Yeah. You got half of that right. I mean, he got half there. Yeah. The problem is he should have got there before the whole stealing thing. Right, but, exactly. You know, point is but well he made. told the truth. <laughs> it's true. You know. Uh, we are going to Lancaster County. Oh, Pennsylvania. Yes. Um, we're going to 
Ephrata Township. Does that not sound exotic for Ephrata. Lancaster is County? Is it an Amish? It probably county? is an Amish community area, like county. Yes, um, but this is not this person who I'm going to tell you about is not, as far as I know, Amish. And I feel like they would have told me of all people. Yeah, they would have called you up personally. Yeah, because you know how I feel. Colleen loves the Amish. I do. I just doesn't want to be anywhere near them. No, I mean I do. I just don't want to be them i don't i just i have questions but i also know that they don't probably want to talk to me okay so here's this guy's name is jonathan beck he's 35 years of age and he stopped at a gas station uh at 224 on september 29th so this is a while ago however um i don't know it doesn't say if this was 224 a.m or p.m i'm gonna go with a.m because nothing good happens at 224 a.m true So he's uh, at the uh, gas pump on the 800 block of East Main Street in in Ephrata, where he uh, gives his car a little gas. And then he's like, suddenly, he's like, you know what I feel like doing? I feel like removing several ice bags from the bagged ice freezer and jumping inside naked. Oh. And so he did. Okay. He literally went to, you know, those outdoor ice bag oh, yeah. coolers. Oh, he yeah. went and he moved, he moved some of them out, threw them out of the cooler. And then he jumped his naked body inside. Oh, maybe he's just really hot. Causing quote, numerous bags of ice to be disposed of. Well, so yeah, yeah because you can't once, you, you know, they've bun, been in buns on some ice. Yeah. Once no, they've thanks. been in contact with your buns and yeah. the air, you probably can't. Yeah. So your they air? just, the air, like he threw oh. a few out and they oh, were out it. and they probably melted and you can't go back. You can't put them back. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so the cops came and they were like, sir, uh, what is going on? <laughs> uh, he did admit to consuming marijuana and he was also well, in uh, possession of marijuana. Okay, that'll do it. I mean, I don't know. But anyway, I still no clear understanding we don't know of why. why he did this. I don't actually know, um, but he was charged with criminal mischief, possession of marijuana, and public drunkenness. And remember, he was naked, so indecent exposure. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. Um, and also, can I ask you a question? Yeah. I mean, like, I know that I don't want to put my bits on ice. You don't want to put those on ice. Trust that me. doesn't seem like that no. would. I mean, unless they're swollen or something. Mm. You had a procedure. No word on whether or not he'd had a procedure. Yeah, Maybe he had like a vasectomy and he was like, oh, it's so hot down there. But you just buy a bag of ice or peas like anybody else and sit on them, sit on them or put them on your lap. Bradley, where are we going next? Uh, Well, I will tell you the stars are bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. Big and bright, that is deep in the heart of Texas, because that's where we're going. And this might show up on our friend Steve's uh, ring doorbell show uh, because footage from a ring doorbell camera captured a man doing something recently driving up to a victim's home in Austin, Texas, drove up in a big black truck on Thursday about 6 p.m. and did something that'll change your life forever. Do you want to guess what that is? What did you do? He got out of his... Ew! (laughs) The the gesture you just made, dear audience. Um... No, he did not polish his okay. silverware okay. in front of the camera. All right. Um, okay, so he rolled up in his gigantic big old truck, 
And he did he go up to the doorbell? Mm-hmm. Well, no, he went up to the the let's say the porch, the okay. front porch mm-hmm. or the lanai. It's not really a lanai. Uh, and he did not lanai down. He <laughs> he did something. No. He did he stole something. Yes, he did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He stole the door. No, he did not <laughs> steal the door. But he stole something that was well meaningful to the family involved oh no their dog's ashes <laughs> no but you're oh. not far off um their grandma's ashes well not <gasps> ashes their grandma <laughs> well it was a skeleton their grandma's skeleton <laughs> okay i'm not sure if this was a real skeleton <laughs> okay bradley <laughs> but uh there was an actual skeleton sitting in a chair on their front uh, porch. Okay. And he came up and stole not just the skeleton, but also the chair. Yes. Rude. The chair apparently, or the skeleton rather, grandma, if you will, had been zip tied to the rocker. Oh. Because they were hoping to deter thieves. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, sadly, it's not really grandma, you guys. I'm okay. just saying. It'd be funny <laughs> if somebody was like, we put grandma out every year because it's a skeleton. Yeah. Anyway, Halloween. Uh, they they zip tied the skeleton to the rocker to deter thieves, and he, he just was took like, the "Fine, whole I'll thing. just take the whole thing." And by the way, it's not just a rocker; it's like a double rocker, oh. like a bigger rocker. And the guy just like drives up, walks out, pulls it up, sticks it in his truck, and drives off. Rude. Yeah. White SUV leisurely taking decorations. Um, have they caught up with him yet? No, nor have they uh, caught up with the dismembered skeleton. Mm, I hope it's okay. I mean, the skeleton's dead. Let's be you honest. Hope. True. Good point. Hopefully not possessed. Um, did you have like a real skeleton in um, uh, high school? No, ours like, was plastic. I don't know if ours was real. I bet you know. Here's the actually. Here's the truth. I assumed it was plastic. I did not assume it was real, but I do know I was real scared of that thing. We, cause there was one in my elementary school, if I yeah. remember correctly. And I did not, I was not here for it. I did not like to, I, when that thing rolled out, I was like, I'm out. Uh, Bye. Cause I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. Well, it's like when they brought out the, um, the parts. Do you ever have oh, that where they yeah. bring out the like insides all the time or that one where you peel it apart and it's got all the guts in it. The one like, that here's your duodenum. The one that I really that, you know, which is actually like it's an actually important thing. I think it's a duodenum. Actually. It's duodenum. But we learned duodenum. Duodenum. Do, 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 do. Nope. Duodenum. <laughs> um, it's the duodenum. And mm-hmm. then what's the other ones? Because there's a couple different parts of the like I just remember system. It, like, yeah, like, I don't know. Those lesser known parts. I took anatomy and physiology, but that was like 20 years ago. Yeah. So I I they remember the, the bones of the, the hand. Area, and <laughs> the food area. There's like your upper, you're descending and you're ascending. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's like, what are those? Your colon. Matter. It's your colon. Yeah, I'm saying the parts. Yeah, there's like your ascending and your descending. descending. And like, I don't know. I don't think I want any of it to ascend. I feel like the you point of it is descend, to descend. Right out the door. Right. Um, can I just... Before we get to the throwback live, have a word on Halloween decorations. I'm going to need some people to tone them down a little bit because at least two people 
in my greater neighborhood have a similar style of Halloween decoration that is a girl on a swing. And it's like, I don't know, if, I don't know what it's made out of, but it looks like a the girl from The Ring oh, with no. the hair down don't, over her face. No. And in the daytime, I don't mind. It's cool. It's good. At nighttime, get that thing away from me. There are demons. Nope. This is we, we do not don't play with tone it down. Portal. Tone it down. Give me give me friendly ghosts and skeletons. Not and I'm today, dead. Satan. When we return on the hey, Halloween by the way, it's Duodenum, Jejunum. Oh yeah, and Ilium. Yeah, that's right. There's lots of ums. Yeah. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, we're going to play a game. Uh, and that game is called the Throwback Live. What? I think today it is going to be an anatomy lesson. I'm yes. just kidding. It's not. Holly's going to do something real fun after this on My Talk 1071. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. 